Momo. Hey guys, this is your girl Latoya. And it's me, Chanel Ray. Mama, mama, you know I love you. And we are a mommy cast. You all appreciate it. This is your girl Latoya. Hey, and I'm Chanel Ray. And welcome to another episode of A Mommy Cast. How is everyone doing today? Oh, it's day. it's a beautiful day. Beautiful, and this wine is about to have me feeling right. <laughs> you already know. So this episode that we're going to get into is going to be hitting close to home. We're going to be discussing some personal topics and some personal issues that we go through as mothers and what we go through with our children. And today we have my son who's saying mama to me. <laughs> We have my very close friend, Alvita Tyler. I was about to say back. Alvita Tyler. And you want to introduce yourself? So my name is Alvita Tyler. And okay, so I am currently a teacher slash coordinator in New York City. And I have a background in special ed, TESOL, and um, elementary ed. Hey, but before we go into that, introduce your personal relationship and i i'd like to know too how how long you i know you guys known each other forever but what's y'all personal story that's what everybody want to know um vita and i have known each other for over 10 years now i'm probably longer than that maybe close close to 15 years at this point i've known vita since high school and we got closer when we worked together in the same real estate office. Kind of got her the job, by the way. <laughs> but I, but, uh. We were both receptionists at a real estate office. Mama. And we worked the same hours. And we Mama. just connected. Mama. Yes, Elias. Okay, you have to be quiet, okay? We worked in the same <laughs> office. And we were both, um, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, a receptionist there. So we got closer. We went to school together in high school. Um, she actually lived next to my the other best, best friend, friend, Sherry. Yeah. They were neighbors. Father, so it's yeah. like I couldn't get away from her no matter what. I feel like the universe brought <laughs> us together. I've always, I will always see her because, again, one of her best friends was my next door neighbor ever since I think I was about seven or eight years old. But um, I just feel like when we were working together in high school and Toya helped me come out of my shell a little in college. Like, you know, I just started hanging out more. And she's a couple of years older, but she was like a big slitcher slash, you know, friend just to help me find my way in college. And she's in a lot of classes with Ryan as well. Oh, yeah. With my husband. So they were in classes together. So that was kind of like she was just family at that point. So we were close for a very long time, way since back in the days of high school. You learn something new every day. I see this girl all the time at, you know, family functions and, you know, and and outings, but I really didn't know y'all's story. Toya has a million friends, by the way. I know a million people, but Toya has a million friends. (laughs) Miss Popular over there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, So, yeah. So now you're explaining to us what what you do um, in your position. So um, just to... Rewind a little. When I graduated, I 
had a background in special ed, so I did a lot of ABA work, which I worked with um, behavior of children that was on the spectrum. And after that, I went into New York City. Um, I stayed home with my son for three years, but I guess we'll get into that a little later. Can you explain for our listeners that aren't familiar, what does on the spectrum mean? Because these are some terms that I've learned as a new mom and I, like everyone just expected me to know what, what that is. And I kind of like, feel what? like it varies. Um, you can't really pinpoint it to one thing because it can be um, like autism or Asperger's or just, you know, just certain different disabilities. So when you say mm-hmm. on the spectrum, it's like, it's very vague, but, you know, they kind of fall into gotcha. a group there. So, basically, after um, after I did ABA work for a while, I continued doing ABA work when I went into New York City as a TESOL slash ESL teacher. So, you know, if you came from a different country or even if you are in this country and your native language is other than English, I will work with you. So, right now I'm coordinating I'm still working with those students, but um, I no longer do ABA or early intervention. I stopped that about maybe a year ago because okay. it's just like a lot on my plate. But And how are, that was in the Bronx, correct? I teach in New York City, but okay. I actually <laughs> I actually serviced um, students all over Long Island. Oh, OK. Somehow I feel like you, you had told me something about, or that was before you had a job that was in the Bronx. I yeah, like, I work in the Bronx. Oh, okay. I currently teach at PS 132. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I've been, this is my fifth year, 12th, almost sixth year. Cause you know, school year is coming to the end, but, um, I taught first grade for four years and this is my first year coordinating. So it's more of a compliance piece, but I'm still teaching as well. Okay. So my, my godson Roman Let's get into this topic because I know there's going to be a lot to discuss. So when Roman was born, we we don't really know telltale signs of anything when they're little babies. But as he got older, what age would you say? Maybe like I would say one and a half. One and a half. Did you start noticing that he was not speaking the way he should be speaking? Well, the funny part I tell everyone when you're a teacher and I come from a big family, you're surrounded by children all the time. You kind of feel like, oh, okay, I got this. I know this. But when you have your own child, it's a little different because I feel like you have these what they call rose-colored mommy glasses on, right? Everything they do is perfect. It's your baby. So you're like, oh, okay, it's all right. Um, so I thought I knew everything. But when I had him, there's a lot of things that I started to learn along the way. The He had a really high receptive language. So that means that when you ask them a question, they respond, you know, with... Um, what do you hands call it? like hand gestures okay. or just physical prompts and things like that but it's not until I put him into a preschool program a nursery program at one and a half okay. that I noticed the difference between his language and the language of his classmates okay again he's only one and a half but I would like just look at I him during circle time yes okay and most of the students were communicating verbally so he was able to interact with them because of his receptive language was so high. But when it came to just verbally, I was just, okay, something's not right. Because was he saying mama or dad or any of those words? He would say dada. A lot of the times he would refer to me as dada in the beginning, right? So for me, I'm just like, okay, you didn't say mama. We all know M is a more difficult Hard sound to say, make. So, right. of course, you know. But... um. Again, it's not until he went to that preschool program, nursery, I'm sorry, nursery program, that I noticed a difference. 
Okay. So when you when you say you notice a difference, was it hit the way he was playing with the other children and the children were talking to him and he wasn't responding? So not he's a very um charismatic child. Yes. He's very social in the sense and it's just like an oxymoron right okay so you can't speak but you're social right but he just had this you know personality about him that this light that just drew everyone in mm -hmm. so for instance if he had a toy right and another child would want it i can see how like his eyes will open up big and he wants to say something but he, he can't right. but because of the receptive language he would just hand over the toy in that sense. And I mean, he went to a nice program where, again, I was home. So to get back to that, I was home so I can actually, you know, monitor him through the window and just see everything that was going on. But during circle time, even different questions from the teachers or the aides, he wasn't able to respond. And I saw other children his age responding. And something told me, okay, when we're at home, it's, it's like when you're a mom, you have your own language with your child. You know what they want. You know what they need. So... Yes you don't really expect them to say anything because you just know that, mm -hmm. you know, innately. So when I took him to the doctor, that's what made me take him to the doctor. I said, you know what, let me just go check it out. Because when you say the doctor, his pediatrician? His pediatrician. Okay. His pediatrician. Because again, I come from a background of early intervention. So I said, you know, let me just take him to the doctor just, just to make sure. So I took him and the doctor told me if he doesn't start to speak in the next six weeks, Remember, he's one and a half. Right. If he doesn't start to speak in the next six weeks, because sometimes they have a spurt of language, it just burst out, then yeah. come back and contact this number and we'll get early intervention going. So, of course, six weeks passed and that's what we did. We contact them. And I think one of the things for me was I had to stop being in, I wouldn't say I was in denial. I was just looking at my child in these glasses saying, oh, he's going to be fine. You know, his receptive language is high. He understands everything I'm saying to him. He understands his godparent, you know, his family members. He's going to be fine. But when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'd rather do something now than do something later. Yeah, and wait until yeah. it was too late. And what exactly did he do in that those interventions that he okay, had? Okay, so when we first got him evaluated, they recommended for him to have, wow, um, speech I want to say four times a week okay and also I don't know if you know but um he also had feeding issues so the speech therapist was also a feeding therapist so he wouldn't eat any food with um, texture in it so that was another issue and then they also gave him OT what is um, occupational therapy he did an EPT and then they just threw in like a special ed teacher which she would come in and just work on shapes and colors and just interacting with them and he did that for I want to say about seven months before he officially went into a speech and language um, preschool program did they say that the speech and his feeding issues were related to each other or were they separate issues altogether um at this point it was a separate issue um yeah because the first thing um well we'll get into it later but the first thing people you know have said was oh you know make sure that he um 
that he his he can move his tongue a certain way, mm-hmm. make sure that he can move his mouth or that, you know, something's not stuck in between the tongue and the, you know, whatever, and the tonsils and, you know, and to see the ear, nose, what is it, ear, nose, throat, The ear, doctor? nose, doctor, yes, yes. So he he had to go through all that, too. We even had to go to, I don't know if you remember, Toy, the gastrologist when he had to have that procedure. Yes. So basically they had to stick the camera down here just to see if everything was okay with his stomach. And they were like, he's perfect. So at this point, it was like, well, is it a behavior? Is there something else? So, I mean, I don't want to say it's related because I know some children who they do have the speech issues and they eat everything. You know, for my son, it was just like those two things on top of everything else. Um, But like I said, he had high receptive language. Um, He was thriving. That was another thing. He was thriving. He's at the, I want to say like 90 percentile. So it's like, well, he's not eating what other children are eating, but he's thriving. He's growing and they didn't see any deficiencies. So his pediatrician wasn't. What was part of his diet when he was in that phase? Oh, just yogurt. I want to just say at one point it was like yogurt. And the weird thing is that he would go through phases like he would eat banana yogurt for months and then he'll switch off and just go to strawberry yogurt for months. And what else? Wait, just yogurt. I want to say yogurt. We would give him. I know him he would have the like puffs sometimes. Sometimes puffs we would give him the puffs, but that and was the very fish. He started getting into that was until later, later on though. Yeah, yeah, that was. I want to say he didn't get into goldfish until maybe four and a half. I don't remember, but how was his feeding with like milk or breastfeeding? Was that a part of? So I did breastfeed him for a little, but um. I had to take medication for something else. And I, so I stopped breastfeeding him, okay. started giving him formula. But the funny thing is when he was a baby, he refused formula with cereal. And it was weird because it's like what infant refuses food, right? Mm-hmm. But anytime, you know, yeah. anytime he tried to put cereal in his milk, he would not take the bottle. So, I mean, like I said, that should have been like the first flag. Which not But really he's a baby, so I'm because just like, the uh, didn't like cereal. Maybe he doesn't either. like cereal, yeah. right? But it was definitely a textual um, issue for him yeah, because till this day he that. won't eat anything like with oatmeal or anything in it. Even when the um, feeding therapist would come, and the feeding therapist was also the speech therapist. She was dual certified, and she would try to mix food into the things that he liked which is actually a big no-no so if anyone's listening don't do that um because what that will do is he'll he stopped trusting yeah the feeding therapist and myself and he stopped eating for what a whole week i don't know if you remember he stopped eating for a whole week and he will only take liquids because he didn't trust what was in the food and i just know it's so hard as a mother because when you have your child and you notice that there's something that's not right that's something that's a little bit off mm-hmm. and you just don't know how to fix it and you go to professionals for help and you turn to friends and you ask for advice and things of that nature and i know chanel started coming into that phase where chase and elias as everyone knows is around the same age group elias is two months younger than chase and um elias started speaking I would say at one and a half around that age. And he was speaking very clearly like he is right now. And he would say mama and dada. Dada was first, obviously. Dada's always first for some strange reason. But it's easier. It's yeah. Easier. And it. mama <laughs> came after and then he would say nana and papa referring to his grandparents. And then 
um, being in daycare, being amongst older children, he would speak more. So he was saying the phrases that older kids were saying, like, oh, this is delicious. This, that's his new word that he says now, now that he's two and a half. He's using bigger words. But he kind of like started speaking way before I even realized that he was, he had a vocabulary. And I think, to be honest, daycare can thank for that being that the kids speak to him. Um, and I know that, I know that that helps. And what about Chase? Chase is not in daycare right now, but. I, Chase goes to daycare three days a week. Um, starting once he turns three, we are gonna eat, uh, put him in a different type of program, either trying to get him into a preschool, if not, um, because where we are, it, you wouldn't believe but there isn't really a lot of options um so because of that he might just stay in the same um daycare where he is now but just go more times a week um i wish that one because this is our first time yes our first time a mommy cast that you know as many nieces and uh and nephew that i have and cousins and all that is different like you said when you have your own because I'm probably had those same glasses on. I'm not really noticing that, you know, that he's not talking or doing things that, you know, um, other kids his age are doing because then when he does go, you know, to my niece and stuff or, you know, or not even, uh, I'm so the schedule mom, like Chase never has to tell me when he's hungry, tired or whatever. We get up the same day. I'm the same time. I don't care what time Chase goes to sleep. He's still going to wake up by seven o'clock. You know, I, I give him breakfast. I am such the schedule person that Chase has adapted that same model that he needs to, you know, that reputation is what he knows. So he never really had to tell me anything. And I think that some of the the things that I want to say was a setback for me um, when it comes to Chase and not forcing him to, you know, to make those gestures to or, verbalize exactly or to verbalize anything because I just kept giving it to him on his schedule. And furthermore, I work from home too. And then my grandmother, who is also 10 minutes away, you know, was here with me in that first year. Um, and then once he uh, turned one, I sent him over to her because I couldn't get any work done. So then now, you know, he's still at home with someone. And I think that if I had a chance to do it again, regardless of finances, I would have still sent him to, you know, because I just thought, well, you know, him being home with, with mom and grandma is fine until he turns two. And that's when I was going to put him, start to put him in daycare. But if I was to do it over again, I definitely would have started earlier, at least one. Um, and just to, you know, already start that interaction. And that way I would have known and prepared myself for, you know, and to catch things earlier and not when he was, you know, two. Um, what, what was the feeling that you had going through your head and going through your mind when you realized that Chase wasn't saying the things that he should be saying at that point? Um well to what be what was the first thing you thought would be the best thing for you to do the i have no idea because of course and we've brought this up uh you know plenty of times here on a mommy cast but our parents are and i say our meaning most caribbean uh parents they don't believe in any of this 
early intervention stuff because you know their kids didn't have it and they turned out fine my grandmother was the first one to tell me how my father couldn't speak until he was four and now you can't get him to shut up <laughs> and, you guys know <laughs> and that's what tends to happen that's what yeah. tends to happen. Um, but at the same time, we do consider ourselves modern women. And as much as my culture and, um, you know, and my ethnicity is such a big impact in my life, that doesn't mean that I will turn away, you know, practices that modern medicine has developed and, you know, and just things that we've learned. Like, why not get that extra help? And, you know, and of course, the first thing I did was, you know, run and tell you and Tippy. Um, Toya and you know and the, then you were gracious enough to you know tell me what was going on with Vita and Roman and you know and then that was my next call to you and I remember like just pouring my eyes out to you because it was like wow first off I didn't think that this could happen to my child one and two knowing that somebody else is going through it it really like it calmed me in a way, but at the same time, I can't even lie. Like it just, it, it made it more of a scary reality for me because as much as like you said, like, Oh, it's just a phase. He's going to get through it. Here we are. Um, I want to say a year later, it's around the same time because chase, um, let me see. Chase was, uh, he went to this pediatrician and she asked me how many words he can say. And it was, you know, it wasn't even 10 or it was 10 or something like that. And then I saw her face and immediately is, oh, we need to get him checked out and get him checked out with the nose. I can never forget it. Whatever. ENT. Jeez. I never. I'm like, it knows something. Yeah. There you go. The ENT. And the first thing, you know, they took him in a room. I was able to sit in with him. They played all kind of different sounds and through different speakers and they saw what he was responding to. So he, every little noise they made, he looked at the speaker and looked, you know, at the TV and all that. So that doctor or specialist um, reassured me that nothing is physically wrong with his hearing, because, with his hearing mm -hmm. or anything like that. Like that was the most they could test a two-year-old at the time. I don't know now that, you know, he's turning three, if we have to go back because maybe there's something that we can touch for now. I have no idea. And I'm going to ask that it is a uh, three-year, um, you know, um, well visit. Well, well visit. Yeah. Um, you guys know all these terminology. I just know <laughs> we're going to the damn doctor. <laughs> I have a seven-year-old, so um, yes. Yes, we're, when we go to his well visit, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe she'll send me back to the nose doctor. <laughs> <laughs> So being okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Chase is two about to be three yes. next month. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Time is flying. Chase is gonna be three. Where is his development at this point? Well, since then, Chase has seen three different speech therapists. Uh they come to well first the first time um they would come to the house. Um, once he got evaluated, just like Roman, they you know, they said that he had a good receptive that yes receptive language um he didn't need to see anything else all that he needs is speech and that's a good and a bad thing of course it's good meaning that you know that he's not um he's not having trouble in any other areas but at the same time it's it's bad in a sense because then you know they they're not 
making it seem as if he needs more help um mm-hmm. and i i struggle with with does he need more extra help is the two days a week good enough like you saying that uh, you know you that he, that roman had four days and i'm like mm, should i have pushed for four like you know those type of things always you know question me but at the same time you know like you said chase is excelling and in other areas if you put a bucket down of letters right now you know the magnets that go in the fridge chase can line up those letters from a to z with no problem he can count up to 30 and backwards down from 30 you know yes he's not articulating the 19 and the 20 but you know i mean developmentally at this point yes you know yes they don't so um so that's where he is, at, you know, by two, like I said, he was he he had one speech therapist that was coming to the house. And I have to share this because um, you have as parents, we have to try whatever works. Um, my sister, who my sister, Brittany, shout out to Britt. She um, she she works to, with an agency similar to ACS, you know, where they come into the kids and make sure that they're being taken care of and all this. That. So. Um, so Brittany advised me to make sure that we're there when the speech therapist is present so that we can reiterate some of the things and tactics that, that he's learning. Well, Chase, I don't know. How is it that, you know, you guys are here and you, you, uh, he must love y'all because when that, when those therapists came over here for the first couple of times, he was not having it. He yeah. didn't want anyone in his room touching his things. And we tried out here in the living room. You know, we, we did so many different things, played bubbles. And he didn't want anyone in his home. And this was the very first person the, that came. The very first person that came. And then we said, okay, well, maybe, you know, it's it's not. And it's, we tried it at my grandmother's. It was the same thing. He When he's home, he wanted to just be free and, you know, and play like how he normally does it. So then we said, okay. Um, what about, uh, what about, um, the speech therapist going to the daycare? And it was such a much better experience. He is attentive. He is willing to participate. He knows when the therapist comes that he, you know, gets up from whatever the circle was, you know, they were doing circle play and whatnot. And then they go in the other room and he likes that more interaction, but having, I guess these strangers, in a sense, come to his house is not something that Chase was into. He definitely did not like people coming over here. And there's something interesting about children. You and Marquise had mentioned this terminology called parallel play. Yes. And I've noticed that Chase and Elias do that all the time. And I don't know what it is, what they sense from each other, but Elias usually... He usually plays with kids, but he likes to play with older children, children mm-hmm. his age group. He does not really care for. I don't <laughs> know why, but um, I've noticed that like Chase would show him something, and Chase would point to it, and Elias is like, "What exactly are you pointing at?" And he's mm-hmm. trying to understand what he's pointing to, and but they're trying to communicate with each other, but differently. Mm-hmm. So Chase would try to communicate with Elias by pointing or like saying something. Mm-hmm. with yeah just gestures but elias would kind of be like huh like what are you pointing at and they're trying to understand each other and i find that dynamic very interesting because mm-hmm. elias is non-stop talking all the time and i'm trying to understand him because <laughs> his words 
all of them aren't clear, but mm-hmm. he's trying. So it's like one of those those strange dynamics. It's it's very interesting because with my other godson Roman, they play like for hours. But I think because Roman's so much older than him, and I think he tells him what to do, not boss him around, but Elias understands his commands. So I just wanted to share a story when you were saying um, about the two boys. So Roman was in a preschool mm-hmm. language program before he started kindergarten in his home school, and. He's only seven, but he has a best friend that actually started in the program with him. The funny part about that is they had different issues with speech. And when Tyler started to speak, he would actually translate for Roman to the teachers, to the other children. So it's funny that you said it's almost as if they have their own connection in language because kids, they do that. And um, yeah, they help each other communicate and translate until the other person can it's like we can't understand it we're adults Mm -hmm. so we were probably like that at one point in our life and we may forget that because it was so long ago but they do they have their own little thing going on yeah and um that that was one of the phrases i tell you y'all got so many different you know acronyms and terminologies and all this parallel play stuff so his therapist right now is saying that you know chase is about to turn three and the parallel playing was fine but now she wants him to engage more and to you know um she's been observing him not only you know doing the one-on-one speeches but seeing how he interacts um with with other children with the other children um and having uh you know having us do more things together with him like she suggested like if we play ball together like have him okay now it's daddy's turn pass it to daddy now yes. it's mommy's turn and you know and just reiterate that more so that it and then is, he can say my turn yeah you know so he can mm-hmm. basically prompt him to use his words to um get what he wants yep talking about play more do you think that daycare has helped him significantly being that he I remember you told me that the teachers say he stands online. He listens to directions. Yes. In time for them to wash their hands. He knows exactly what he has to do at this point. Definitely. Yes. And daycare definitely has helped him socially, like interact with kids. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, you know, um, (laughs) it's crazy because um, I I don't want to big them up too much, but I go to L.A. Fitness and we all know, you know, woke people in the room. You don't really mess with L.A. Fitness. But here's the thing. I'm going to get my money's worth from LA Fitness because my mother is grandfathered into LA Fitness okay. um, because she bought that membership years ago with my sister and it's minimal. They, we can bring a guest. Yes. You, there's a kid kid club, which as a mom, that is very, very important yes. to have, you know, you being able to go to the gym, bring a friend and they can bring their kids. So yesterday, shout out to Nicole, who was a guest. Make sure you guys uh, check out that episode with Nicole. Um, so Nicole and I went to the gym, brought our kids with us and we step inside the kid club and Chase just runs in doesn't say goodbye mommy usually a Uh daycare drop off there's a hug and a kiss you know trade-off and a hug and you know the sad face no he just ran inside the kid club didn't pay me no mind didn't care and that wouldn't have happened a year ago without um you know without daycare as a consistent interaction like i said you know you mentioned you have a big family everyone by now knows i have a huge family and there's always a bunch of kids everywhere but 
that's not a constant thing here you know in our house it's just yeah. chase mm-hmm. daddy and i you know so there is no there's not that consistency with daycare you know um yes it hurts my pockets now but um <laughs> that's why i put it to be honest that's why i put it off but um but if i was to do it again i would have started that in- interaction a and year I earlier. was gonna, yeah, and I'm gonna say I was just about to ask: Do you feel like you would do something differently the next time around? I was just having this conversation with Elvita, and we were saying I didn't even that. Know that was your <laughs> I just, all I know I'm is you is Vita. Right I'm now, telling you, you learn okay? so much from this podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, we were saying I was asking: Would there be anything different that you would do the second time around? Yes. And you were just mentioning that you would do things earlier because she started early intervention. Like mm-hmm. she saw the telltale signs and she got on it right away. You were more like, you know, he's well, he's no, still it, young. it's just no. it, it's just always a process. And is, I have yeah, to say, it you know, it really depends on where you live, and that's another reason why you know um, I, we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but. You know, um, Marquise and I are looking for a house that we grew up on. Well, I grew up on Long Island. Marquise grew up out here. But again, I'm having so much trouble looking for yeah. a preschool to put Chase in right now. There's literally three options, one of yeah. which I'm not going to do off the bat. Don't even care. The other two he's on the waiting list for. If I was on Long Island, Chase would have already been yeah. put into a preschool. I wouldn't have to do anything but submit the paperwork. And that's right. that. Yeah, definitely the resources. Um, I remember going back to the conversation we had, right? Yeah. The resources are definitely like vastly different from vastly. New York City compared to Long Island. I yeah. mean, there's just more programs and just people that are in the field. Because mm-hmm. I know for New York City, um, there are so many people that, well, children, that they do need services, but there's they don't not have enough the therapists. people. Exactly. Not enough, they don't have the people. And that's another reason why Chase only gets two days a week, because there's hardly any therapist. That's some crazy. And that's what right? that's why that's what I wanted to tell you when you were saying, well, maybe he should have more. And it's not that maybe that they don't want to give him more. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the resources to give him more. But mm-hmm. I mean, you can do things like mommy and me. That's one of the things when. My son was born. I stayed home full time with him and anything I can get into, I had him into. His aunt was actually um, working at a children's museum. So we would take him there. I did like a mommy and music class when he was only six months. So mm-hmm. every, anything that I could do with him, of course, and it comes down to, you know, like you said, the finances, that can be very difficult, too. Yeah, that's one thing I can say, though. I definitely did a lot of that. There was um, we, we would they call it my grown up in me because, you know, these days. Oh, you never. Okay. Yes. All right. All so right. we went to my grown up in me classes. <laughs> Saturday mornings. Yes, everything is so PC. Um, And then uh, he definitely... And and that actually was... If I'm looking back now, that was our first realization that Chase needed more of that because that was when, you know, it was his first classroom setting and realizing that he is... One, couldn't survive a class without his pacifier. Um, which I w- we were very strict and Chase did not have a pacifier when he got to when he turned two. we were over that. But then that, you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but anyways, um, so, yeah, that was the first realization that we needed to put him in something else besides that, because he it was again, it's about the consistency. 
So and then, you know, and of course, we mentioned on our blog that there's so many other things that you can do, like if you check your local library and go to. Mm-hmm. But of course, Chase was a crier. And so we did the library thing one time and that was enough no 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 that was not the place that's for so funny because i take elias now to mommy and me programs and mm-hmm. he loves it like he just digs right in they do dancing they do bubbles they do mm-hmm. story time but it's just so interesting to see how other kids interact because you think your child is a pain in the butt at home but then when you see other people's kids <laughs> you're like okay he's not so bad but you know, coming from, you know, the beginning stages of motherhood when we say, oh, I'm going to do this with my child. I'm going to make sure he does this and this, that, and the third. I was just saying to myself, oh, I want to have my son potty trained early. I want him to be doing this at a certain age. Oh, he's going to be doing that. But when that realization hits that <laughs> you are not in full control, you are not. You think you oh, are. Oh, I can't wait for our potty not. training episode. Oh, my gosh. I tell you guys all the sh- situations i've been in (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not easy and when you see your child not necessarily struggling because it's not a struggle it's they're just not where they need to be at the very moment but it's it's hard to see that it's definitely heartbreaking um you know one of it chase as he's about to turn three this year he had to get reevaluated, and so now i'm sitting at the table um and everyone's going over the evaluations and first off you feel like you're being interrogated (laughs) much less um much less your child and some of the key things that came out of the evaluation was one in particular that really broke my heart in that chase now um is at the age or stage that he's starting to learn that he's different Mm, and so now as much as you know he is progressing it can really um it can really start to regress because he does know that he's different so at home we have to encourage all of those sounds that you hear in the background and even if they're not what we think they are or should be just encourage yeah that sounds like pizza so yeah we'll we'll get pizza um because at school or daycare um he's even more shy now because he knows knows he's saying it wrong and he knows he's not articulating like everyone else so now he doesn't want to try those things how do you know that he knows like what kind of language does he give you well we didn't know that this is what this is what the evaluation came because remember they evaluate him at school they evaluate him at home there's three stages of the evaluation so they evaluate at the home he they uh, the doctor came here and evaluated him while only grandma and i was present the other one was evaluating him at school and then the speech therapist also came to the school um so he had three evaluations and then combining all of these things is what they put into one full evaluation and I don't remember this is daddy chiming in yeah hold on like there was a time once where you know we always try to encourage him to say things when he's uh, uh, when he's reaching for something and one of those things was water so I'm like say water water and he goes water 
Like, very, very low. I'm like, yeah, good job. Say it again. And he wouldn't say it again. Like, he thought he was saying it wrong because I asked him to say it again. Yes, and that was one. um, What I do, I don't want to say don't like, but what I have noticed about this process is that everyone has different suggestions. Mm -hmm. and, And some of them are so contradicting because some people will tell you that repetitiveness is good. And some people would say that it isn't it's because ro- of that. Because you don't want them to be robotic or just... Correct. Okay. Or, and that, again, it's making him feel like he said it wrong. Yeah. And then that will encourage him not to do it again because Chase is the kind of kid that wants to be smart and wants, you know... To do it right. And wants to do it right. So he'll rather not say it to, rather than, than say make it wrong. a mistake. Like when you were telling um, the story about you being in the evaluation process, and I remember our conversation last summer, yeah. mm-hmm. a little after a couple of months. Yeah. Um, I want to think. I want to say it was like August. Yeah, because it was August, right. Right. I remember. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to you that um, it's a, when you're at that table, it's very hard because you feel like you're before a board. Yep. That is judging you. Mm-hmm. based on your child and your parenting and i told you two things i told you i was at that table but i used to be on the other side of the table mm-hmm. as the evaluator speaking to parents yep and the fact that i'm on the other side of the table as the parent now i see the difference and one of the things i told you was you and marquise had to be partners mm-hmm. and big team players and also encourage him and you're his biggest cheerleader because there will people people will tell you, okay, he's not here. Like when you speak to them and they're throwing those numbers at you mm-hmm. and he's in a thirty percentile Lexi level and he should be here and you know, by this time he should have two hundred words and you're just you're literally becoming smaller and smaller inside and mm-hmm. you're trying to keep face because you're in front of everyone, but you feel like as a mother I f- what did I do? Did mm-hmm. I you know, did I drink soda while I was pregnant? Did I you know, did I do something to oh, please, apprehend there is beyond the list him from of, doing it? But at the end of the day, I told you what, you didn't do anything, right? You mm-hmm. just gave birth to this miracle child and he's going to grow at his own pace. Roman did not, Roman had jargon. He, he said, dada, he said different things like on, off, and he had jargon. So jargon is like when you have sounds, right? Uh-huh. But you're not articulating words. Which you he guys just heard Chase do a million exactly. times. Exactly. <laughs> so he has a lot of jargon, which is which is mm-hmm. great. Roman did not start articulating and having a conversation until four and a half. Mm-hmm. So I know you're feeling like, oh, my God, he's turning three. You're looking at someone that's been through it. You're looking at someone that's still going through it. Um, He has good conversational skills, but he has issues with motor processing. So mm-hmm. it's hard for him to word fine. So he knows what he wants to say. But it's hard for him to find the words. And you can have a conversation with him now. And you say, he's fine. He's perfect. He's, you know, I'll give anything to hear that. And it's going to come in time. And I mean, the thing about you saying that he noticed, they always notice. Like he's seven now and he gets it. He says things like, um, I'm not in the smart group. I'm like, what does that mean? You're not in the smart group because you have less spelling words because, you know, and the thing is that, his father and I, my husband, we encourage him to the point where he started off with seven words and he went to his teacher and said, no, I want 10. And by the end of the year, he was doing the full 16 and outscoring the children, the other children in the class. And the difference is instead of me saying, you know, I had to be his biggest cheerleader and say, you can do it. 
mommy's in school now and you know what for me to be smart I have to work hard and you just have to work a little harder that's what I tell them all the time it's not that you're not smart it just takes you more time and you have to work a little harder that's and, it and I appreciate you and this conversation so much because you know again one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because we we felt that as much as support as we have um, you know the big families that we have the close-knit of girlfriends that we are um we still felt that there's so many things that we suffer alone from and it shouldn't be it's like you know maybe it's because i'm an oversharer <laughs> if you follow me on social media you will know um but i feel like there, when it comes to parenting it's still this is so secretive i've only shared this you know now i'm sharing it with our listeners but before then only our close friends and family knows that chase has a speech delay and you know and spoken um and speaking to some of my close friends and close um co-workers who have become friends um shout out uh to the whole vamp team but um speaking to them um that's when you learn how many kids do go through things like chase doesn't have motor skill development but we are delay excuse me but um but shout out to halim halim is one of uh the managers on the vamp team and he his daughter went through a lot of emotional um i, I don't know what like motor school he needed like um ot like occupational OT. therapy yes. for fine motor skills yes um and like and, and physical also too. pt yeah, so yes PT. so physical see, therapy see i told y'all i don't know all of these damn terminology <laughs> well i have I'm a background gonna, in it so yeah. don't don't um <laughs> don't feel yes um and so speaking to people like you and halim it just kind of made me see that you know what chase isn't as different as what i am thinking and you know all and and i think especially for me being a, a one type personality it's very very hard for me to one focus on someone else you know i'm just keeping it 100 you yeah. guys know this as my besties but um you know but to also feel like this is an extension of me that i am not excelling at i feel like that that like you said that i did something wrong and then i'm continuously not figuring it out and not being able to fix it and that is the hardest thing for me not only as a mom but my personal personality is like no when i do something i need to figure it out learn it get it right and excel at it all the way and this mommy thing is not that and i'm like that too i'm a I mean, just ask Toya, I'm a perfectionist. Um, I'm very articulate. I'm like, nope, it has to be like this. It has to be like that. And I kind of feel like <laughs> it's so funny. But I just feel like, you know, Roman was my one mission. Mm -hmm. I learned so many things from him every day from not being a perfectionist. I know he tells me, mommy, it's not about you. It's about what I like. Or it's okay that the project is not neat and messy. It's my project. And it just things like that that, that tells that me. That is so, so crazy And he hear. said, listen, we were in a dollar store. And he said, mommy, you can give those to your students because I don't like it and I'm not doing Cause, it. Because I heard, <laughs> I actually write a book that's so similar. Excuse me, Chase, go to daddy. No, thank you. No, thank you. Say hi. Yeah, say hi. <laughs> you're supposed to say something uh -huh. <laughs> um yeah pass him the daddy please because he's gonna touch that um but yeah i read um a book uh the other day that said the same exact thing that the big that parenting is learning that 
our kids are not our minions. No. Because I surely ain't my parents' minions. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so, and that was so helpful to me. Just that piece of, you know, that, you know, to get my Oprah on. But my aha moment was realizing that because now I can let Chase be Chase. Be himself. And that's so funny that you say that because I didn't read a book per se, but I just feel like from those experiences, I remember a birthday party. Um, Toya knows my son likes to tuck in everything. If it's a hoodie, he will tuck them in shorts. He just <laughs> always like to be nice and neat. And it was his birthday party. I'm just like, but we have to take pictures. We have to do. He's like, mom, it's not about the shirt. It's about the experience. Oh, He's six. Okay. <laughs> he is six years old. And I'm like, you know what? It is your birthday. If you want to tuck a turtleneck in some shorts, it's your day. And just from those experiences, I said, you know what? He has to be himself. And what I wanted to tell you was this parenting thing is not easy. And think about it. When you go out, you want to make sure your makeup is on point. You want to make sure your hair is done. You want to make sure you're depending on where I'm going. Well, you know, I'm just, if you're, if, when you're showing yourself yes. to the world, let's yes. just say that. Right. Yes. You want to make sure you're polished. Correct. Mm -hmm. So when you're showing your child to the world, what do you want? Perfection. Exactly. Right. So when he or she is not perfection what do you do you kind of bring it on in mm -hmm. almost like a blemish you try to cover it up so you're perfect right yeah what i learned along the way was if i embrace this instead of hiding it then i'm empowered and guess who else is empowered roman mm -hmm. right so you I have don't want I don't want to say that I was hiding it because I, I definitely don't want our listeners to get that interpretation because by no means am I ashamed of my son or any or, you know, or, or any of that. It's more so that one, I knew that I wanted to share this with our listeners, with you, because you are so much a part of this story for me, mm -hmm. um, because and I, I always feel like. Things happen for a reason. People put into your life for a reason. By no means, yes, we're both close to Toya, but you and I are not close. Yeah. But I think you bridged that gap for me in a way that I couldn't have digested it without having that conversation for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want this our you know this episode to be for the listeners that are going through something similar or the same thing and just knowing that you're not alone and that we're real people going through this and not like how they make it yo i i consider myself a smart person right and um <laughs> and articulate and all of the above when i tell you they sent a package home for this th three-year evaluation where thank goodness and i i want to say shout out to mama dope um lisa my mother-in-law she works for doe as well and she she uh she helped me so much with this same process on that front on you know dealing with doe mm -hmm. because when i got the stack of package and i say i'm making a sound here like i no, want y'all to feel yeah. like how big of a book it is i said y'all want me to read this what is this and I feel so bad for, you know, and it's no offense to, you know, people that aren't as educated as we are. But if I couldn't digest this crap, how can other people that don't have my same education level and understanding and all that, it's like they set you up to fail. Because that's an easy, it was so easy for me to walk away. And I, I, like, I'm not putting daddy on blast here, but 
I didn't even attempt to give that all that information to him it's to really to, to digest. Yeah, it's, it's beyond overwhelming, and it's like I feel for people because there's no way that I could have you know gone through that without you know knowing someone like you or my sister that works for ACS and his you know Marquise's aunt as well and my mother-in-law that works for DOE Mm -hmm. it took me four people (laughs) to kind of break me down and you know what I mean and figure that out so how in the world can regular folk do that that don't have the resources that we do it's 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 very it's very difficult and um that's why I love the field that I'm in because Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm on both sides of it. So I try to be an advocate for the people that they need that they don't really understand. For instance, mm-hmm. if I do get a student that I know they need services, like clearly you need speech services. Clearly your handwriting is a little off. You, you need some OT. I really I go got OT. I don't want to see my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I so I think, you know, there are special people out there that they do go that extra mile and just to help people like yourself or that don't have the resources. But I remember, you know, Toya just mentioned it real loosely. And I Mm -hmm. told her, I said, Toya, please tell Chanel to call me. Mm -hmm. Like tell her, don't hesitate because I help strangers every day. Why not, you know, give back to someone that, you know, that's in the group that you love, you you know, Chase's Toya's other godson. She, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but she's Roman's godmother as Mm -hmm. well. So I said, you know, if I can be, any help in any way just to like share my story with you to let you know that and that's going to be okay i think that is such the key takeaway in this whole entire podcast is to ask for the help that you need and i think that's the key takeaway for life because you know you hear so much crazy stories these days about everyone so going through depression and you know suicide and you know hopefully we won't have to talk about that on this on any uh, mommy cast episodes but just knowing that you you have to talk it out we consider ourselves strong people and if we don't talk to each other about things you go through it alone and just backtracking really quick about you know being a one having a one personalities I always believe that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And I feel like our children, no matter what they do in life, are all learning lessons for all of us. When you guys, when I say every single one of my friends, and when I say every single one of them, every single one of my friends have uh, AKA OCD personality where <laughs> everything has to go the way that what does that say about plays you? Plays in their head, right? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. No, th- I now, changed now my she, way. Now she just lets us do I it used so that she doesn't <laughs> have to. <laughs> they the way that the plans exactly. go in their head is the way that the plans have to play out through the day, and I have to tell them and even remind myself that that's not the way things go. We have control, but we don't have full control over everything that happens in our lives. And what we do with the the lessons that we've learned is just make lemons out of lemonade. Or make lemonade of lemons no, backwards. Okay. And <laughs> we learn. And we learn from our children. Our children are, believe it or not, our teachers. We mm-hmm. think we know everything. But until you have a child, you don't know nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Let my mother so, know that. <laughs> <laughs> so the takeaway is that, you know, when it comes to parenting and motherhood and fatherhood, there's a lot to learn when you become a parent, especially for the first time you 
kind of fall into a routine of things that you do. You learn and you learn from your mistakes. And when you have, you know, your second, third child, it becomes a little bit easier. It's not going to be easy, but it'll still become easier. And before before we close this out, I just actually, that was something I wanted to touch on. I replay something that you told me in our conversation last year, and I replay it over and over and over. And I have to say that it scared the crap out of me because I... I am in the middle of, you know, and I, I haven't really said this publicly, but I do want another child. If it was up to me, shoot, I would have got Marquise pregnant um, <laughs> three times by now. <laughs> but I do want another kid. I don't kid. think it works am, that way, but okay. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm not an old fogey, but I know I cannot do this again in a couple more years. Do you it understand? Was, oh my God. Yes, it was so crazy. I remember when you told me that, there's another reason you don't want a kid be another kid right now is because you need to focus on Roman. Exactly. And that really scares me to this day because one side of me is knowing that there's no way I could survive without my two sisters. My siblings are everything. And especially as we're adulting now, yes, you know, um, you know, I have my best girlfriends, but it's a difference with a sibling. A sibling. It's a love and a support system that is like no other. One, because there's no way I could deal with my parents by myself. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> ditto, ditto. But, but also, you know, there's no other person or people to go through life with that's going, walking that same walk with you like your sibling. So Chase needs to have a sibling. I Definitely. don't care. But then there's, there's that part of what you said. I feel like I feel like for me, I feel like, okay, you think about it. Everyone's built differently, right? So uh -huh. things that you can't handle or can or can't handle necessarily, I can or cannot. Mm -hmm. So for me, at the current time in my life, going mm -hmm. through the feeding therapy and the OT and all these other things, um, yeah. it was very difficult for me to say, well, can I do that again right now? And for me, I can't. Maybe you can. Mm -hmm. But for me, I said, you know, not right now. In the future, of course. But right now, no. So that's a personal decision you and your husband has to make. Not saying mm -hmm. that you can't. But, you know, I don't want you to think of that as it being an all be all. It's up yeah. to you and your free will. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Peter, for being part of this conversation. It's been great. And I know you helped my friend. I'm glad I was able to get you two together to discuss these issues because yeah. it needs to be discussed and i'm glad that you found help and solace from her information and yeah thank you yeah just let you know there is a rainbow on the other side like <laughs> i tell my kids i'm gonna tell you um he's gonna be shining real soon so just keep that in mind okay yes thank you and if you guys have any personal questions for vita or for myself um you know you guys can always hit us up at amamicast at gmail.com mm -hmm. and on instagram at amamicast yes. and or individual igs i'm toy star and i am pq chanel vita do you want to give out yours well, she doesn't not really, really okay. have my, my marketing person deals yeah. with my IG. So okay. um, it's the boy who dreamt of fire trucks, a.k.a. my book. Shout yes. it out. Yes. Um, do. But yeah, you can just go to that and send shout out questions. your books. Tell the people. All right. So it's a boy who dreamt of fire trucks. I actually wrote it about my son and it was based so on dope. his speech delays. So yeah. it really helped us bridge that gap and go out and get it. It's good for any little boy or girl. It's on mm. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and go get a copy for your you. little your little dreamer at home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This is Latoya. 
And I'm Chanel Ray. Until next time. I'm Mommy Cass.